You can remain standing in honor of the Word of God. It's a very familiar passage. Luke chapter 2, verse number 4. So thankful for the presence. Children's Church is dismissing right now. If you guys want to follow Pastor Kirk, Pastor Jennifer, to the back. Luke chapter 2 and verse 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to be taxed out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David. And he took Mary, his betrothed wife, being with child. And while they were there, the days for her deliverance were fulfilled. Hallelujah. I love, love that scripture right there. And she brought forth her son, the firstborn, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Father, I thank you for your word. It's already anointed, Father, and I thank you for that. I ask you, Lord, to anoint me. Lord, hide me behind the shadow of the cross, that I may present your word and give to this congregation what you give me. I ask you, Lord, that we open our hearts and our ears and our eyes, Lord, to hear and to see and to understand, Father, what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. I love chapter 6 where it says, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. It reminds me of another scripture in Galatians 4 and 4 that says, but when the fullness of time came... God sent forth his son. Hallelujah. I just mentioned it a minute ago. In the fullness of God's time. God's timing is everything. This is not my sermon, but man, God's timing is everything. He doesn't work. I'm glad he doesn't work on my time. Man, I'd already sent so many people to hell. God, they're never going to make Just send them on. Wouldn't we do it? I'd already run over a few dozen people and... I'm glad doesn't, God doesn't work with my time or, nor my will a lot of times. Hallelujah. I thank God for his presence today. I feel like I need to tell you, this is what, this is what the Lord gave me today. Again, this didn't have anything to do with my sermon. I was I, going through my sermon. I, I corrected a couple of things, and I, I, I misspell, and the computer don't catch them all, and then I accidentally catch one or two, so I was fixing a couple of things today. And this is what the Spirit was telling me. I feel like I need to tell you that whatever you have need of, or what you've been praying about, that in the fullness of God's time, it's going to come to pass. No matter if that's you, or someone else, or something else you're praying for, that's the word that God gave me today when I sat at my desk. He said, write this down. I'm like... I'm a slow typer. It's more like this, but that's a word for somebody here today, and I just want you to let you know that's what God is saying to me this morning. Christmas is almost here. How many is excited about it? Wow. How many is excited about it? I know we lost all the kids, but you can still be excited. Christmas is exciting. In exactly three days, we're going to all, all the day that we've all been waiting for is going to be here. We've been singing and listening to Christmas music. Our car with that serious radio, we, we turn it to like channel 70, I think it is. And it's like Christmas music all the time. 
I heard Shelly say it before. She said, I wish they left it like this all year round, but they don't. But we listen to it all the time. We've all made plans for traveling, for parties. We've already had some of the parties here at the church. Uh, well, I guess all of the Christmas parties has already been finished up here. We have travel plans. Or we're at home, we're getting things ready, cleaning up, getting the food prepared, getting the groceries bought. Because family's coming in for Christmas, right? How many is completely ready for Christmas? Completely? I mean, there's nothing else you have to do. Wow. All the decorations are up the way you want them. All the food's bought. I bought one present so far. <laughs> and it wasn't for Shelly, so you guys pray that I can find her a Pez dispenser or something. We can give her something real nice this year. A lot of people get worried about Christmas and getting it all prepared and the hustle and the bustle, what they're going to do, what, what gifts they're going to buy, all these different things. But you know what? We have to keep our focus on what Christmas is all about. I like Christmas. I like the tradition of giving and receiving gifts. But sometimes shopping can be very difficult. When our boys were little, they'd open presents, throw the present out, play at the box. Finally, we got smart, and we just started wrapping empty boxes. Surprise! It doesn't work that way anymore. They want something else in it, so we have to, uh, have to put something in I also love Christmas because of what we celebrate, but then also because of all the traditions that goes on. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. One of the tra traditions I love, and they're not in here so I can talk about it, in our family is tricking Ferris at Christmas. Ferris, as you know, is my sister. We'll give her a gift. doesn't matter who give it to her. We just give her a gift. She opens it. She's all excited. She's thankful for it. And then she sets it to the side, gets ready for the next gift. We grab that first gift, rewrap it, and keep sticking it in her pile. When she comes to it again, she opens it, and she goes, hey. And she starts looking around. She knows every year. We do this three or four times to her every year. It's a tradition. We have to keep up with tradition. We have to keep doing these things. There's other traditions that we have, like turkey and ham. One of the other traditions that I like at our house is there's a special punch that we like, that I like. It involves orange juice, Sprite, black cherry Kool-Aid, and pineapple, and it makes punch. There's a whole lot of sugar in there, too, I'm sure, but that's, that's what it involves. I love that, and we, don't, we have it at Thanksgiving. We have it at Christmas. It's like we can't buy these things any other time of the year. Although it's a great drink, we need to just market it and start bottling it and selling it. For most men, it's a difficult time because we don't exactly know what to buy our wives. How many men in here has already bought their wife a present? At least one. Did you buy it for yourself from him? There you go. It'd be so much easier if that's the way Shelly would do this. She would do it. I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to give you some rules about shopping real quick, all right? First rule, don't buy anything that plugs in. If you buy something that plugs in, it requires electricity. It's probably seen as work to them. Now, you know, I'm thinking new toaster, blender. No, she doesn't want things like that, so we can't do that. Don't buy clothing that involves sizes. 
That's just a bad road to go down. I'm just going to tell you right now. The chances are about one in 7,000 you're going to get that size right. Shelly's like, why didn't you buy me this? I'm never going to get it right. You're going to take it back anyway. You know, she goes, when was I a size 16? I'm like, well, you look good at 16, so I thought maybe that was your size. And body. It don't work that way. She looked good at 22, but she don't want, she don't want a size 20 either. So it gets you in trouble either way. Of course, I go buy her that size 6. She goes, I haven't been a size 6 in 15 years. <laughs> Avoid all useful things. The newest infomercial advertisement to save hundreds of hours of work is not going to win brownie points with your wife. I'm just going to tell you right now. Don't buy anything that involves weight loss or self-improvement. She'll perceive a six-month membership to a diet center as a suggestion that she's overweight. We can't have that. Don't buy jewelry. She loves jewelry. I can't buy jewelry. The jewelry your wife wants, you can't afford. And the jewelry you can afford, your wife doesn't want. Okay? Finally, don't spend too much money. Because she'll say, how do you think we're going to pay for that? But if you spend too little, she won't say anything, but she'll be thinking, is that all I'm worth? How many loves gift cards? I think that should just be the way to go. You just give a gift card and let them go get what they want. That's awesome. Aren't you glad we can focus on God during the Christmas season? We can lay everything aside. Realize that Christmas is the time we celebrate the greatest gift ever given. God, give us Jesus. He gave us Jesus. I want to talk for just a little bit about the gift. I understand that there are many who will have no gifts at all this Christmas. They're less fortunate. They're not going to have gifts. My dad almost every year, he says, Dad, or he says, Drew, why don't we uh, not buy any Christmas presents this year and just give all that to someone else? You know, all growing up, I'm like, no, I want my presents. (laughs) But God never intended for anyone to live without his gift. The gift of God. You know, we give gifts at Christmas time for many different motivations. Sometimes we give because we feel obligated to do so. If you work on a job, I, I know I've worked on some jobs that the boss would give you a gift, and you're like, oh, I should have got something. And so you run out and try to get something real quick at the gas station. Like, I you know, just thought they might enjoy a spark plug, so I buy it for them or something. Someone else has given us a Christmas gift or a Christmas card, so we feel like we've got to give something back to them. Or some member of the family, maybe they're an aunt way down the road. You don't even know they've sent you something. Now you feel obligated to do it. Or sometimes people give gifts to kiss up to somebody else. You know, I'm going to get my boss something, give me something real nice so he'll, he'll recognize me. But they always want something in return. When you're giving gifts like that, something in return. Some people may give gifts just because they're trying to make up with someone. They're in the doghouse. They're trying to make up something, right? Maybe they've done something that they shouldn't have done, so they try to make up for it by buying some sort of wonderful present for that person. We all have different motivations for our giving. But God didn't give his Christmas gift for any of them motivations. It wasn't a feeling out of obligation. 
He didn't give it expecting to get something in return. And he didn't give it because he needed to try to make up for something he had done. God's motivation for giving was love. Love. His motivation for sending his son from the throne to the manger, to the cross, was love. He gave this precious gift knowing exactly what was going to happen to him because he loves you and he loves me. He allowed his only son to walk up that hill and lie down on the cross because he knew that that was the only way you and I could be reconciled. He loved you so much that he was willing to do that. He allowed the skin of his only son to be torn to pieces, ripped apart. Wow, Drew, that's a terrible Christmas message. You're really painting an ugly picture. This is how much he loved you. He knew it was the only way by his stripes that you'd be healed. He loved you so much, he was willing to put his son through that. He gave his only begotten son because he loved us. Hallelujah. Romans 5 and 8. All you scholars already know what it says, but God commends his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. That's love. Man, that's love. Our love is fleeting. You know, I don't care how long I've been married to Shelly. She walks out and something I don't like. I'm like, wow, I just don't care for that dress. I don't care for this. God don't care what we look like. He loves us anyway. We're so fickle that I'm not even going to go there. These teenagers are so fickle. <laughs> Boyfriends and girlfriends, they, they pass by the hour. I'm in love. Not with her anymore, but with her. <laughs> the greatest story ever told can be summed up in three words. God loves you. Hallelujah. And that love was undeniably demonstrated when he sent his son to die on a cross for us, even when he had the knowledge of who we were. He knew us, yet he loved us. That's unbelievable to me. That's beyond my wildest imagination to think somebody loved me so much, didn't care. He knew my faults, still sent his son to die for me. I can tell you that God is always in the giving spirit. Always in the giving spirit. So we had to have Christmas or a birthday or something to really get us motivated to buy it. God's always in the giving spirit. He's always in the giving spirit. He never gives the wrong gift. John 4 and 10 said, Jesus answered them and said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God, the gift of God, and who it is that saith thee, give, to, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Matthew seven eleven says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? He loves us so much in that gift. He loves to give. You know why we don't have more of God today? We're not asking. I say this, and I know this is hard, and everybody just stick your lip out and get hurt feelings real quick. The reason why we don't have all God we want is because we don't want it. The reason why we don't have all the God that we need is because we don't want it. Lord, help us. It's still the truth. Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, I got it underlined in big red letters, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. The gift, 
Jesus Christ our Lord. The very word gift implies that you didn't deserve what you received. Thayer's definition of gift is a favor which one receives without any merit of his own. Didn't have to give it. Didn't have to do it. But you did it anyway. God did it anyway. Though we may not know what to give as a gift, God has always got the perfect gift for all mankind. That perfect gift is whatever husband's looking for. I got to get that perfect gift. We bought a card, and he Shelly makes a Christmas list and everything, and uh, so he's going down his list and everything. When he sees the presents under the tree, he sees some gifts, and they don't match the size of his list. I'm not talking about how many presents. I'm talking about you know if he asks for a baseball, there's there's a big long something in there, and he's like, "What is that? That's not a baseball." And so he's so worried and excited about this gift and what's so funny it's really not much of anything but me and Shelly getting a big kick out of it because he has no clue what it is and he's so excited about that one gift we're like that was the perfect gift this year for him and when he gets it he's going to be excited about it but God always sends the perfect gift for those still bound in their sins for those facing life without hope there's good news God sent the perfect gift Amen. God has checked the list, and he doesn't have to check it twice. <laughs> Amen. He knows who's been naughty or nice. He knows who's doing evil, and he knows who's doing right. The greatest gift known to mankind is Jesus. He's our blood sacrifice. He's our atonement for sin. The name is, our name is written down in glory when we ask Jesus to come into our hearts and into our lives. Our name has to be written in the book of life. Amen. To make heaven our home, that's the requirement. It's the most important list that we can be on. A lot of people want to be on a lot of different lists. I want to be on the A list. I want to be on this list, that list. It's the most important list you'll be on. God gave us salvation through the gift of Jesus Christ. God's gift to all man was his only begotten son. The one and only Jesus. And the reason why God gave his best gift was because his great love for us we were undeserving man, and he gave us his great love. John 3, 16. I read it just a week or two ago, and I love this scripture. We've all learned it when we were little kids. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's hard for us to fathom, Brother Mike, the everlasting life. We're just living from day to day. We can't think that far along. You know, from 20 to 53, I'm thinking, I like 20 a whole lot better. My back didn't hurt like it did then. Forever, I'm thinking, wow, aren't you glad you're going to have a new body too? You won't recognize me hardly up there. You don't know my face. You won't know this bodybuilding body I have up there. It'll be something else. But it's sad. I just read it a minute ago. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. For not accepting the gift... Sin. How many knows you was born into a sinful world? Because of Adam and Eve, you was born into a sinful world. You didn't have to do anything. You were born into it. I didn't have to do anything. I was born into the fosters. It sounds like that they're just keeping me because I was adopted. No, I was born a foster. The gift includes all the attributes that make him God. Love, mercy, grace, blessings, healing. It's the gift that lasts 
not only a lifetime, but throughout eternity. And here's the good news. The gift's not just for one person or just a few, just for the Israelites, just for the Jews, but it's the gift for the entire human race. It was the gift for Hitler. It was the gift for Mussolini. It's the gift for Drew. Amen. No one else can give the gift of eternal life but our God. What makes his gift so spectacular is that God was not obligated, was not obligated to give this gift. Now it's up to you and me to receive it or to reject it. Have you ever been given a gift or have you ever given a gift to someone and you could see they really didn't care for the gift you give them? I tried to hide it real well. They give me this ugly tie. My boys every, every year get me some sort of stupid shirt that they know I'm not going to wear. I'm like, why would you waste your money? When they were little, I was giving them money to go buy Christmas presents, and then they come back with a shirt they knew I would never wear. I tell off of myself. Not only that, they buy the wrong size. They'll buy me like a schmedium, and it's coming across right here. And I put it on one day. I just walked out. I said, how do you like this one? <laughs> so every year, my acting has got worse and worse because now it's like, are you kidding me? And I, just, I just throw it. I just, I, I, yeah, and then I'll play with the wrapping paper, the box. I just play with that. Be good. But we've all, we've all did that. We've gave a gift to somebody. Maybe it was something that was, we thought was good, and they didn't like it. They didn't really care for it. That's nice. And you're like, I love that. How do you not love that? I love houndstooth. How do you not love houndstooth? It happens. It may have been a costly gift, but you can see they didn't like it. They were ungrateful. Wouldn't it be the most thoughtless, selfish, and rude thing for a person, a person could do to refuse a gift that was given to them or to act like it's not that big a deal or that your gift is not good enough for them? Wouldn't that be awful? Isn't that what we do when we don't accept God and his gift for us? No, God, I want to live my life my way. I don't have time for you, let alone church. Man, that's four and a half hours a week at this church. They're crazy. Most churches, it's just an hour and a half a week. Oh, God, I can't do that. I don't want to have that relationship with you because then if I do that, then I can't do all the other things I want to do. Millions of people today is going to refuse the good news of the gospel, Jesus Christ, the greatest gift from God. Thousands, I'll say, are going to walk out of church services this Sunday morning refusing the gift of God. I'm so glad that God is so good that even when humanity doesn't accept his gift, he continues to come after us. He continues to love us. He continues to care for us. He continues to watch over us even when we're not living for him. He does. There's so many people come through stuff and they're like, I don't know how I made that through. They're not recognizing the hand of God, but that's what it is. It's his mercy. It's his grace that they're rebuking. They're, they're refusing. My next question is, have you ever been that person? I have. I'm sure everyone in here has. Were you just convicted? 
God drew you by his spirit. Jesus drew you. And he said, no, not this time, God. I've been that inconsiderate. I said, no, your stripes on your back's not good enough for me. The hands and feet with holes in them, that's not good enough for me. I want to do what I want to do. Lord, help us. I refused the gift of God before. But the Bible says I wasn't the first to refuse God's gift. John 1 and 11 says he came to his own. His own received him not. Mark 12 and 10 said, And have ye not read the scripture? The stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. He's been rejected before. He's been told no before. The greatest gift. So maybe the next question is, a logical one to ask, what good did it do for God to send the gift? What does the fact that God loves me so much that he gave his only son, what, what's it mean? The answer to the question can also be found in the latter part of John three sixteen, That whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting. There's a reason. He doesn't want you to perish. He wants you to have eternal life with him. Hallelujah. The gift, God's son, the purpose of the gift was to die for our sins, to pay for all mankind's sin. Remember, there was a price to pay. There's a price for sin. I feel like I'm teaching the youth today, but that's what I tell them. Remember, there's a price to pay for sin. The wages of sin is death. So when, you, when you're going out sinning, what you're going to get paid for that is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I want you to know on this Sunday before Christmas that God loved you so much that he gave his only son to die your death so that you could have eternal life. The meaning of God's gift to mankind is that through Jesus... And death on the cross, we don't have to go to hell. It's not God's will for people to go to hell. It's not. We don't have to perish, but we can have everlasting life. And it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter who we've done it to. It doesn't matter what our past is. It doesn't matter what our present is. It doesn't matter what has, bound us, what has us bound right now. It doesn't even matter how often I've rejected God. If he's drawing you, we ought to be thankful. We ought to be thankful. The Bible says whosoever, whosoever. We're all whosoever sitting in here today. Whosoever. That means the gift of God's for everyone. No one's excluded. No one's left out. Jesus died on the cross for every soul that ever walked on this planet. I'm going to hurry. I see my time's running out. He died for you. He died for me. He died that so we could have life. John 3, 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. Some people should stop at John 3, 16. But man, keep going. It's good stuff. John 3, 18. He who believes on him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Hmm. I'm going to close with this. 
Back in 1830, a man by the name of George Wilson was convicted of robbing the U.S. mail. He was quickly sentenced to be hanged, but for some reason, President Andrew Jackson issued a pardon for Wilson. He was willing to let this thief off. He was willing to clear his name and give him life, but George Wilson refused to accept it. When other judges didn't know what to do in, this, in a case like this, the matter went before Chief Justice Marshall. He concluded that Wilson would have to be executed. He wrote, A pardon is a slip of paper, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, it is no pardon. George Wilson must be hanged. Jesus, God give us the gift. Jesus paid the price to pardon our sins. But if we refuse that pardon, if we refuse that pardon, I read that story and it hit me hard. You think, well, nobody would refuse their freedom. Nobody would refuse their life. But that's exactly what we do when we don't live in Jesus, when we don't accept that perfect gift. I'm here to tell you this morning that the gift of God's pardon was paid over 2,000 years ago when Jesus hung on the cross. But that pardon is no good if you choose not to accept it. It's no good to you if you choose not to accept it. That pardon doesn't mean anything to you if you don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to have your sins forgiven. Would you stand with me? This morning, this Sunday before Christmas, I want to give you an opportunity